Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the NBA Front Office Show. We hope everybody had a very happy and safe Thanksgiving. We've got some NBA news to break down. Keith, I did get my pumpkin pie, so I was happy about that. Uh, hopefully, you enjoyed your Thanksgiving as well. Got got plenty of, uh, of stuffing. That was your favorite Thanksgiving food. And, uh, and here we are. Now we're rested and, and ready to go again. Did we we had our night off from from basketball? So I did watch a little college ball yesterday. Not not yep. too much. Uh, we watched a movie as a family, and then my wife and I caught up on. Uh, she she is a latecomer to Succession, so oh, okay. we we're uh, watching that. So yeah, but all, all around it was a nice day, a good family day, and now now back back to the grind. I'll also say I just noticed you're wearing a, a Boston Celtics shirt, so that I makes am. me feel a little bit better. I've been in the middle of some Lakers news stuff when we jumped into this, so not only. Do I have my Lakers background going right now? But I'm also wearing my Lakers Nation shirt, so I now I feel like it's at least balanced out a little bit because you've got your Celtics shirt on. Yeah, it's all good. Uh, when you told me, yeah, I got to record something on the Lakers, I was like, he's not going to have time to change no. the background, <laughs> and that's partially on me because I I uh, have to do something here in a little bit. So I uh, I said, you know what, I'll throw a Celtics shirt on, and now now there we're we good. Go. We're we're keeping the universe in balance. So that's that, it. That's what in it balance. is. All right. Everything um, balanced as it should be, just like Thanos wanted. <laughs> oh, gosh. <laughs> All right. Let's um, let's get into John Wall and that whole situation with the Houston Rockets. Some more news came out today from Mark Stein on his Substack. Essentially said uh, that John Wall, because look, we talked about this the other day. On Twitter, he didn't seem super thrilled with the fact that he's not playing yep. games right now. But Mark Stein revealed the detail that Essentially, John Wall was told by the Rockets that, hey, you know, if you want to sit out, it's okay, because even if you tell us you must play and the NBA decides to put you in, uh, which we saw them do in the Anthony Davis situation a few years ago with the Pelicans, you're not going to play very much. We're not going to play you very many minutes right now because we're going to give those minutes to Jalen Green. So just kind of an added wrinkle thing here. It's, it's not like the Rockets and John Wall came together and both said, yes, we both sides want you to sit out the season. And John Wall said, yes, I am fully on board with this. No, it was more the Rockets said, look, you can play if you want to play, but we're not going to play you much. So we'd prefer to just sit you out the whole season. And John Wall kind of went, well, I guess if I'm only going to play, you know, 10 minutes a night or whatever it would end up being, then what's the point? Yeah, and I guess for... John Wall side of it too. It, it makes sense there. There is um, the the Rockets clearly the season has not gone well. No. Although they snapped on uh, Wednesday, Thanksgiving Eve, they snapped their 15 game losing streak by, by beating of all teams the Chicago Bulls. Yeah. Um, that was uh, interesting, and they did so without Jalen Green uh, for the most of the second half of that game, which we'll get into here uh, in a minute. But yeah, this it, it just. I get it. People get frustrated because it seems like the league enforces rules kind of willy-nilly. We we talked before we started recording that Al Horford last year was sat out mm -hmm. um, by the Oklahoma City Thunder, and that seemed to be kind of in a mutual agreement situation that he wouldn't play. So it does get a little messy on these cases not either Horford or Wall at these points in their careers are the stars that Anthony Davis was with the Pelicans mm -hmm. so you kind of get it but I also don't know how many people were lining up and buying tickets to see Anthony Davis play uh, on the road I really feel like there's a maybe four or five NBA players that that draw that sure. and I, I don't know that Davis is that guy but yeah I, it's um you know one of those things where you kind of look at it and say 
yeah, it it is what it is. It's not going to change anything encore wise. I guess maybe they'd be a little more organized, play maybe a little bit better. But they're two and sixteen. What, what were they going to be? Four and fourteen? Uh, I don't know how much that would really change. It just it comes back to if John Wall wants to play, it's not going to be in Houston, and he's going to have to give back a whole bunch of money to be able to do it. Right. Which uh, which if that's really the way this is playing out then his tweet makes a lot of sense, right? Where somebody said he's sure. essentially being, I'm paraphrasing, but he's being benched for at no fault of his own. And he said facts. Uh, yeah, from his perspective, he's he's kind of losing a year of his career here. And at 31 years old, sure. that's not a position to be in. Yeah. But then he, his alternative is give back millions of dollars in order to go somewhere else that will actually put you on the floor. So he's kind of stuck in a tough spot yeah, here tens of millions of dollars yes. too yeah, yeah, yeah we're not talking uh you know four or five here we're talking probably in the 20 to 30 million dollar range he's owed 91 million dollars over this season and next so in the rockets if they're gonna let him go they want a good chunk of that back and and look john wall is not he's not a star anymore that's not what he is in the nba but he would help you win games and that's that's part of what the rockets were afraid of Oh no, we're going to play yep. John Wall and we're accidentally going to win games. But then that brings <laughs> us back to yeah. why are you looking at getting rid of your coach who, if you're doing things to actively make yeah. it so his roster can't win games? Oh no, wait, wait, coach, you're losing by too much. So now we have to, we have to potentially change out Steven Silas. Oh no, wait, but you can't win either. Don't win, <laughs> but don't lose by too much. Come on. I just, it's I crazy. think that's more of the way yeah. they're losing. Not only is it blowouts, but they look really bad. A lot of nights they look really sloppy and, and it's, they're losing while playing veteran guys. Now I will say again on Wednesday, uh, they moved away from that. A couple of the veteran players didn't play, including Daniel Tice. Yeah. Uh, they went with Christian Wood and uh, Alperin Shengun um, as their two bigs. Um, that's something Rockets fans have kind of wanted to see for a while now. My guess is Daniel Tice is not on this roster uh, past the trade deadline. I think he'll probably be traded uh, somewhere else. We'll see about Eric Gordon, maybe. Um, you know, he's, Somebody that could probably help a few teams. I just want to look up something to make sure I have it right on there. Gordon, yeah, Gordon's got 18.2 this year, 19.6 next year, and then a partially guaranteed final. So or I guess a non-guaranteed final season because he's probably not going to uh, trigger the things that need to happen to get that. So it's that 19.6 next year that makes that one a little less like you, but Tice 8.3 this year, 8.7 next year, 9.1 after that. That's, that's a pretty movable contract for a guy who's proven to be a, a fairly decent starting level center. So, so we'll see. And then we'll see with DJ Augustin, mm-hmm. $7 million contract this year. He's only got 300,000, a little bit more than that guaranteed for next season. So that's a guy who could get moved as well. But my guess is we start seeing some veterans sold off in Houston here uh, rapid, uh, fairly soon, let's put it that you way. You know what would help them look a lot better very quickly in terms of organization? Playing John Wall. <laughs> I, mean, <laughs> I mean, right? Like, hey, yeah. hey, you look disorganized on offense. Hey, maybe we should play this veteran point guard and that might make us look more organized. Oh, no, wait, but that might make us win sure. games. So it's a weird spot to you be in. You know what I think part of it is too, though? You can't really play Wall uh, Green and Porter together. True. Because yeah. right now they're three on ball guys who all, none of them function really all that great off the ball. So that becomes your challenge. Who's going to go to the bench? You clearly don't want to do that with Jalen Green, mm-hmm. who you're kind of, you know, banking everything on moving forward. Uh, Kevin Porter Jr., who they were really building up after they acquired him for nothing at all from the Cavs last year. And then Wall's not, you know, 
did you bring him off the bench? That that I don't know. I guess I maybe would rather not play than come off the bench. I don't know. That one's a little little tricky. But yeah, well, we're gonna see uh you know where that goes. But my guess is uh the other piece of Rockets news we have. Yeah doesn't get John Wall back in the lineup. Uh, even despite this, Jalen Green's going to be out at least a week with a hamstring strain. Yeah. He went down against the Bulls. Uh, this is the last thing the Rockets need because, as we said, you're bad. You want to do developmental minutes uh, moving forward. So we're, we'll, we'll see where that goes. But, yeah, he's uh, he, he's going to be on the shelf for a week. If I remember correctly, that was your pick for Rookie of the Year, it was. correct? Yep, yep. Not looking so yeah. great. Not looking so great, but another guy that... No, I don't think either one of us is going to do uh, do overly well with that because I believe I picked uh, Jalen Suggs. Yes, that's so, right. Um, and you know what? You know, that's, I mean, it's not that either guy's bad. No, well, let's no, no, be no. clear about that. It's Other just, guys have been, been better. Know, and speaking yeah. of which... Evan Mobley should be should be back. Uh, he's returning, which is which is great yeah. great news for both the Cavs. Someone who might win, absolutely, he, he very well might. <laughs> he he's been fantastic. So uh, big yeah. big uh, addition for the Cavs to get him back in their lineup, and uh, hopefully they can, that can help them out, especially now that they've lost Colin yep. Sexton. Hopefully that will give them a little bit of a boost. Um, yeah, they'd lost five in a row yeah. too. Well, have lost five in a row going into tonight's game uh, in Orlando. So that that is a winnable game uh, for. I'm sorry, they're they're uh, in Orlando later this week weekend. I apologize. Um, on Saturday, there that's and that's the day Mobley may come back. Um, is when they're they're in Orlando. So so we'll see. You know what happens with, with them? Can they kind of get it back? Because they were playing really really well, and now just you know it's kind of between injuries and illnesses, it's all falling apart for them. So let's see if the Cavs can find it again. Speaking of all falling apart, uh, according to Mark Stein, Lakers coach head uh, Lakers head coach Frank Vogel. Uh, in coaching circles, they, there's rumblings that he's feeling the pressure and the seat could be getting a bit warm there for him. Uh, not a surprise, Lakers currently sitting at 10-10, and 10, seven seed in the Western Conference. We're projected to be uh, the team to represent the West in the NBA Finals heading into the season. Have not lived up to yeah. that expectation, certainly. Some of that is obviously injury-related. But still, we've seen them in some blowout losses, some ugly play. And uh, so it's not a surprise that, that Frank Vogel would be feeling a little bit uneasy at this point. Yeah, this one kind of screams to me the old you can't fire all the exactly. players, so you're gonna move on from the coach to try to get a change if that's the direction it goes. I would assume that uh, uh, David Fisdale would get bumped up uh, into the interim spot there. It's it's highly unlikely there would be someone who's on the market. I know people constantly ask like, no. could Phil Jackson nope. come back? That that ship has sailed. That's not that was the way it went. I mean, I guess never rule anything out. But, but I, my guess is it's David Fisdale gets that bump up, would take over. Who's he's got that head coaching experience in the past, and and then see where it goes, and then they'd go hunting in the off season for a star coach uh, there. So yeah, it's it, it's a little rough because I think it's uh I don't think Frank Vogel is a perfect no. coach by any means. Um, I don't know that uh the team is necessarily fully built to play the way he really wants to play. Uh, in the end, especially with the injuries that they had but someone's gonna be held accountable if they continue to kind of put her along as a 500 team um it's just that's not going to be good enough and my guess is it'll be him because they're just trading off all these players yeah and remember they gave frank vogel a one-year contract extension during the offseason which isn't a yep. major vote of confidence, right? That that provided them the flexibility to potentially make this move. Now, again, that doesn't mean that's definitely the path they're going down. Uh, depends, you know, we'll see how they do 
the next month or so here. Uh, but at some point, that could be what we're looking at is a change at the, the head coach spot. And that's usually kind of the knee-jerk reaction. When things are not going well, that's the, the first thing to try. And then from there, you start moving players and, and doing some more drastic things. Yeah, exactly. Um, and uh, I mean, they're they're doing some stuff because of injuries, but I know they played uh, that, that uh, big kind of push to get that win at Indiana featured a lot of LeBron and Carmelo as the only yep. two bigs, With- <laughs> if you will. I did uh, air quotes around bigs there. But yeah, and it, it kind of worked because the Pacers couldn't defend yeah. them. They, they, they didn't. You know, they can't play Turner and Sabonis against uh, Melo and LeBron as the two bigs. So, yeah, it was, uh, you know, credit to Vogel there for now his hand was a little forced because yeah. because the injuries and Anthony whatnot. Davis Anthony was Davis sick. was yeah. sick. So. But, yeah, it's, uh, you know, I, I, I like it. At least you're trying something. Yeah, he's, he's trying what he can at this point and very clearly going outside of his comfort zone. I mean, we've seen Frank Vogel use zone defense quite a bit now. I mean, that's that's very much not a Vogel thing, but um, he's trying whatever he can to yeah. make something work. No, not at all. Yeah. Um, yeah. When he was in Orlando, he very uh, uh, much was no yeah. zone. Like, I don't want to do zone. Not not a thing. It's not, I don't think it's how you do it. He really likes the accountability mm-hmm. of man to man and those kind of things. So, yeah, just something interesting. Uh, speaking of Orlando, Nikola Vucevic was involved in the trade process that sent him to the Chicago Bulls. Keith, I know, is somebody who's, you know, in Orlando and has covered that team and, and uh, has an affinity for Vucevic. That, that's got to feel pretty good to know that the, the Magic. They treated him right here. They involved him in the process, but this wasn't something that blindsided him or anything like that. Correct. Yeah, he's playing his first game in Orlando on Friday um, as we're recording this. So tonight uh, he's playing his first game back in Orlando against the Magic. And he so he did an interview with uh, Joe Crowley from the Chicago Sun-Times. And he said... This wasn't a situation where they traded me out of nowhere. It was something we discussed a lot. It was mutually agreed. It wasn't a situation where they told me I wasn't going to get traded. I got traded. A lot of it came from my communication with them, so it wasn't a surprise for me. Uh, then he said, never will I ever have any bad feelings towards Orlando. We'll always be positive. It was a time. It was time for the team to go in a different direction. It was time for something new to happen. It wasn't working the way we wanted. It worked out for That's both great. parties in the end, which is pretty cool. Uh, Vooch was um, one of those guys who had been around Orlando. There were a lot of questions about, can you win with him? Could you, you know, could could he be the backbone of a winning team? Ultimately, he was a big part of them getting back to the playoffs. Again, uh, he was an all-star two times uh, in his final run with the Magic, his final couple years there. And that's, you know, those are important things too here. And um, this is also really good for the Orlando Magic because this sends a message to other players of, hey, we're going to work with right. you. We, we value you as people. They talk about that a lot. Every organization says it, but it's things like this that actually doing it matters because this is now, Vooch said this, Aaron Gordon talked about how he wasn't traded out of nowhere. Evan Fournier talked about how nobody really wanted it, but it made sense and the team really worked with him on finding a place for him and those kind of things so i think it's all um you know this is all good stuff for the magic because you know say what you will right now they're a rebuilding team eventually they're going to be a team that's going to be sitting on a yep. whole bunch of cap space it's better than a market that free agents have liked in the past they've they've, they've landed some major free agents uh, in past years uh you know it's good weather there's uh, no state taxes here um you know got a lot of guys live in the general vicinity in the off season um down here so yeah it's uh it's definitely something um that we'll see i think that uh guys um this 
will pay off for Orlando uh, in the long run under this this Some front office regime. That they're putting out there by, by doing this, and eventually I think it will yeah. come back around. Um, we talked just the other day about yep. LaMarcus Aldridge and his comment about you know not feeling super comfortable coming off the bench, how it's been an adjustment and things like that. Lo and behold, he is now starting. He is back in the starting lineup for the Brooklyn Nets in place of Blake Griffin. Uh, I can't say it's because of those comments or, or whatever, but but Aldridge is being inserted. And you mentioned it, Keith. It's not like he was playing poorly when he was coming off the bench. He just said for him, it was it, it was it was a no, difference, right? Great. I mean, and to be expected, he's been a starter his entire career, and then suddenly he's asked to come off the bench, and so that's an adjustment. And now uh, he is once again starting for the Nets. Yeah, and Steve Nash talked about how Aldridge, because they feel a little bit better about the rebounding with him in the game, um, that he's not necessarily fast, but his ability to get the ball and get it up mm -hmm. the floor to guys, that allows them to play a little bit faster. Blake Griffin, quite frankly, too, has been terrible. Uh, not only did did Aldridge start over him, Griffin didn't even yeah. play uh, against Boston. And, and he, so just on there, I had to go back and look it up. He's only averaging five and a half points, 4.9 rebounds. Those numbers I don't worry about too much with the counting right. stats because it's not his job there. But he's shooting 32% from the field and 16% from three. And these are on 3.3 attempts per game and 3.33 point attempts per game. That's really bad. He's no deterrent at the rim defensively. Uh, doesn't just doesn't really give them anything uh, in the paint unless he's really you know knocking down some shots and functioning as a ball mover and those kind of things. My guess is Blake Griffin will have his return yeah. to prominence at some point for the Nets. Um, and maybe this will be better for him. Sit out for a little bit, kind of maybe something's bugging him. Let him get right and go. But yeah, right now Aldridge is in there, and Aldridge, you know, in that start against the Celtics on Wednesday, right before Thanksgiving, mm -hmm. played really, really well. He, uh, you know, looked looked uh, just as good as he has all year. He had 17 points, nine rebounds, a block, a steal. Um, yeah, in uh, 28 minutes. So. You know, good for yep. him for and uh, we'll to see if the along. Detroit version of Blake Griffin continues to be a thing in, in Brooklyn or if he's able to battle his way back and become again part of the rotation. Uh, last thing though, another return. Good to hear Joel Embiid uh, should be returning tomorrow for the Philadelphia 76ers. Yeah. Uh, Andre Drummond did a decent job holding things down while he was out, at least in terms of just giving you production from the center position. But Joel Embiid, of course, is on a completely different level, and this will be a nice boost for a 76ers team that certainly needs him in there. Yeah, absolutely. They're 10 and nine right now. They're one of a whole bunch of teams in the Eastern conference that are within a couple games of each other. This is, this is, and this is where I'll say to Celtics fans, this is why you don't panic uh, this early in the year. Miami heat and Chicago bulls are tied for second place at 12 and seven Boston all the way down in 10th place is a whopping two games out of second place in the East. So it's not, this is not a, no one has created, it's separation just yet. This is not like the West where the Warriors and Suns have kind of run out right. and, you know, created all this separation at the top of the conference. The Nets have a little bit, but nobody else has in the East. And some of these teams that got off to hot starts, Chicago, Washington, Charlotte, they're starting to slide back a little bit back to the pack. The Bucks are moving forward. Uh, so Philly's part of that, that big giant group of teams. You know, really, it's about a nine team grouping uh, there that, 
they they just need their guys back. They they held Ford, I guess, is the best way to put it. While they were, um, uh, everybody was injured. I mean, they played games with no starters wow. available, which is just crazy. And you know, it'd still be ten and nine. That's pretty good. They 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 had the eight and two start, which you know clearly buoyed that. But yeah, you get Embiid back, get some of the other guys back, you're gonna probably look pretty good. Yeah, yeah, they can be right there once again. Um, and then, of course, we'll find out what happens with Ben Simmons. Remember that big date? It's coming up December 15th. That's when a large chunk of the guys <laughs> signed last, this last yeah, offseason man. become trade eligible. Maybe that finally shakes Ben Simmons free from the Philadelphia 76ers, but we'll have to wait and see what happens there. In the meantime, Joel Embiid coming back does give them a boost that they definitely need. Um, yep. Keith, from there, uh, we, you know, Black Friday's today. People doing some shopping. We got Cyber Monday coming up. Trevor bought me a present. That's so right. If you can if you can see my lighting is maybe a little bit better. I have a I have a nice light now, uh, all set up here. So yeah, so it looks good. That's right. We're uh, we're moving on up, and uh, again, continue to appreciate all of the support we've gotten right here on the NBA Front Office Show. If you have not subscribed to our YouTube channel yet, please make sure you do so and turn on notifications as well. And for the podcast side, make sure you follow us over on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever it is that you listen to podcasts make sure you follow us and then if you're on apple Podcasts, give us that five star rating we certainly appreciate it and toss in a review as well we always enjoy reading those till next time everybody stay safe and see you